This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse95. Salam and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Adori. I'm your host, cover everything sport, international and local. Man. New day, new studio for the day as well. If you're watching me on the Instagram live at Omar Duri, or if you're tuned in on Sharjah Broadcasting Authority, Pulse95Radio.com or our app as well. And live on YouTube as well. We've got so much stuff happening on. What a pleasure it is to have this guest on the show. Let me give you a bit of a brief about this person. This person, um, Dr. Prince Pambo. Man, the doctor himself was a member of CAF Confederations African Football and involved with the medical committee for the past five years. He's been director. He's been heading medical departments. He has specialized in the medical field and his experience is second to none. And he's been heading departments for several years, several campaigns, even organizations. And right now he's involved in a lot of good stuff as well, which we're going to be talking about several World Cups, African Nations Cup, and he's going to break down how you get ready for the World Cup. We're also talking about heart conditions and why it's common now in the modern game, despite all the technology and all the research that we have. All this and more on the only place to be at three, the Halftime Show on Pulse 95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Yes, we are back and we are live on Pulse 95 Radio in the heart of Sharjah with your boy Omar Duri here doing it big. And also, not only that, it's great to be able to see you guys on Instagram live at Omar Duri and to hear you guys. And I hope you're enjoying your experience with us today, whether it's 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com, our app, Sharjah Broadcasting Authority, or if you're chilling at home, watching us live on YouTube. Dr. Prince Pambo is in the building. Dr. Prince, how you doing? Very well, Omar. It's great to have you here, man. Oh, after seven years. Seven years, yes, huh? It's, yes, uh, yes. It's been amazing. And, I mean, happy birthday. <laughs> I mean, there couldn't have been a better time for me to be here. Absolutely. I, I cannot think of a, a, a better a better guest to have on the show than Dr. Prince Pambo. Let's adjust that volume just there. The volume. Yeah, there you go. Got you. And get close to the mic. Perfect. Got you. Thanks, uh, uh, thanks, Ray. Okay. So, Dr. Prince Pambo is a member of CAF and also someone who was uh, instrumental at the World Cup and African Nations Cup with Ghana. It's, uh, it was great to have you down there. But tell me, um, I had the privilege of being on the same team as you and yep. uh, working with you was an absolute pleasure. How was that experience for you? It, it was something very different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I had been doing football or sports medicine yeah. for some time. Yeah. And your inclusion onto the technical bench, mm-hmm. as I, I saw you a coach mm-hmm. plus physical fitness. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time we were having someone like you mm-hmm. on you. our technical bench. Mm-hmm. And you know what? who was doing the work before you came. It was supposed to be the doctor. Okay, I didn't know this. Yes, I kept telling everyone Uh that this is not the work of a sports physician. Right, right. And if there's any sports medic listening to me, it's not our role. So we needed someone. And you came on board, not just as a physical instructor or a fitness coach. Yeah. You were a proper football coach. Yes, thank you. And everybody saw what you brought on board. I mean, for me, it, it, 
it was it was quite exciting yeah. you know and I, i've told you many things i learned from you thank you and, so much and, and and it made a whole lot of difference i yeah. mean on our technical bench i mean yeah. aside of course there was a lot of fun yeah there were, there were times <laughs> we had to celebrate together yeah you know but i mean one of the uh, memories we had some aerobics in a big pool yes it, it was fun yes the players yes. loved it <laughs> you know i have pictures of you doing a one-on-one yes. with some of the players yeah, yeah. On, on, on the corridors yes. of the hotel. Correct. I mean, you didn't need a gym. Yes. Okay, you just needed the right person with the right brains, yes. knowing what to do, yeah. you know, and, and it was fantastic, trust me. It, you know, thank you so much for your kind words. I, I have to say, the way you uh, welcomed me um, when, when we got to Senegal, when I got to Senegal right. first day, and I remember meeting you guys and the team and I was thinking, wow, this is, sport takes you places yep. and it gets you to meet uh, amazing people right. and it gets you to, to um, really mix up with different backgrounds, different cultures, different religions. And what was amazing is when I got to Senegal, I, I must have thought to myself, I don't really mind where we are. I just want to make sure I can have even a, a percentage of an influence on this team. And right. you had such a big part in that because you made me feel welcome. It was supposed to be our platform, you know. Really? Well, no. You 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 made me feel welcome. You and the whole team, and I remember how you embraced me as one yeah, of your own. Sure. And it, and it was key. Right. Your your role in the in the national team, and also now even more with CAF and everything, is is far far greater than than what we just read or see. How have things evolved since now? You've changed roles and kind of developed. Right. So I think uh, back in 2015, mm-hmm. I was um, head medical. Uh, and a member of mm-hmm. the Ghana Football Association. Yeah. And I had direct duties with the under-20 team. Mm-hmm. And we do respect the under-20 team. Of course, if uh, your listeners will remember, mm-hmm. the only African team that won the World Cup under-20 in yes. Egypt was Ghana yes. in 2009. Yes. So, and the under-20 team forms the core of your senior team. Correct. You know, so um, this was great. And I think prior to 2015, we had gone to the World Cup in Turkey, mm. FIFA World Cup, and, yeah. and, and came third. Yes. You know, so it, it, it was a very pricey team. Yes. You know, so I did that for a couple of years. And then um, our influence had to move beyond uh, the country, Ghana. Yeah. So basically, we're just involved in doing the pre-competition medical assessments, we're kind of touching base with um, every club where we had players. We had players playing under uh, the junior side of Manchester City. We had yes. players in various, uh, with various clubs in Italy. So yeah. you kind of make contact mm. with your colleagues there, yeah. get to know about medical information. I mean, when it comes to your players and then how you're going to help yes. put them in shape for your national assignments. You yes. know? So that was the kind of thing we did so being the the medic for national teams it's quite uh, uh, different mm. from being a medic for a club side yes okay yes so for the national team their players coming from different clubs mm. they've been exposed to different medics mm. and you need to have that expertise to be able to be appealing to all of them yes we managed to do that well you came on board we did that uh, perfectly then i moved on uh, to the continental level. So yes. CAF is Confederation African Football. Yes. So I'm one of nine doctors who are part of the CAF Medical Committee. Amazing. You know, so we are responsible 
for organizing all the medical things when it comes to African football. Mm-hmm. So, CAF Confederation uh, Games, CAF Champions League, under 17, 20, the AFCONs. Yes. Okay, so we've done a couple of AFCONs from 2019 from uh, Chan. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, AFCON, we just ended in, in, in Cameroon. Yes. You know, 24 countries coming to compete. Uh, we do the doping controls. Yes. So, for every game, you need to pick a number of players, yep. take samples from them. Yep. Uh, you need to have interactions with the emergency medical services. So, quite uh, a tedious thing. So, moving up to confederation level, mm-hmm. then I kind of dropped a bit of my duties mm-hmm. with the uh, the national teams because obviously, younger ones will come up yes. and would need that platform to yeah. build on. Yeah. And of course, I think during these seven years that we've not been around, we've had the opportunity to also do some work with basketball as well. Interesting. Yeah, so there's a new league called Basketball Africa League. Okay. Uh, in So last year, we had the... Uh, Basketball Africa League Championship in Kigali, Rwanda. Okay. It was in the middle of COVID yeah. and um, COVID did change everything but uh, we kind of added some expertise to what we already knew, how to 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 organize tournaments yes. in, in a pandemic. Yes. So the, the the most famous people for the past two years uh-huh. have been doctors working in sports. Right. Because if you needed to organize any event, yes. the doctors needed to ensure that it was going to be safe yeah. because of COVID. Yeah. And um, I think the whole world saw what we did at the AFCON yes. in Cameroon. Yes. And um, yeah, matches went on. And it's it's been exciting so far. Amazing. Yep. Amazing. And that was just the first segment here on the Halftime Show. But don't worry, there's plenty more coming up next. <laughs> next, we're going to dive into heart conditions and also what's been happening around the world in sport with Dr. Prince Pambo and myself, Omar Duri, on the only place to be at three, the Halftime Show on Pulse 95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse95. Salam and welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. I'm your host covering everything sport, international and local. You know, we're having fun behind the scenes uh, with Dr. Prince Pambo. Even when we're not on air, I'm still asking him some questions. <laughs> and doctor, there's been some good questions coming in. Terry sent in a question saying, uh, does the socioeconomic situation in Africa put the African players at a disadvantage versus the European players? Um... I would say yes mm-hmm. um, to that because um, with football, for instance, if the players mm-hmm. in Africa mm-hmm. were born in Africa, yeah. grew up in Africa, then obviously in some countries, not all the countries in Africa, there'll be some level of disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Now, we haven't invested, when I say we, mm-hmm. it's Africa. We've not invested so much into youth sports versus what happens uh, in the West, where there's a lot of investment into youth sports and there's proper development. Mm -hmm. In certain parts of Africa, nutrition is even a challenge, Mm -hmm. all right? So basic needs like food, water. So if somebody who is a potential superstar, football, Mm -hmm. volleyball, hockey, or any sporting discipline, Mm -hmm. you don't get these things right, Definitely at your peak, you'll be at some level of a disadvantage. So those are the uh, socioeconomic mm. effects you can think about. Mm. So a, a lot more goes into an African player becoming a superstar. Yeah. So I tell my players that if you want to be at the level of a particular player mm-hmm. who probably got his beginning from the West, yes. they probably have to work 10 times. Interesting. And if you look at the our superstars, 
in the various clubs yeah. in the West, they train probably twice their mm -hmm. colleagues. They put in extra work wow. to be where they are. Yes. Very interesting. Now, recent incidents have shown a lot of players with heart conditions. And, it, and is it more frequent nowadays or is it because the time we're in that is magnified across the globe that we are seeing all these conditions? Right. So, uh, multi answers I would want to give here. So, we are picking them up more mm -hmm. because we are screening more. Okay. So, okay. If, if you do not screen, you don't pick them up. Mm. All right. So, previously or many years back, yeah. probably when some of us were not in practice, there wasn't much attention paid to screening athletes yeah. um, or doing what we call cardiovascular evaluation. Mm -hmm. All right. So, now we are screening more. And then the technique we have now would pick even the very silent ones. So, okay. then you realize that we are seeing a lot more of such cases. Now... When you talk about, okay, so we are seeing a lot of arrest mm -hmm. during play. Yeah. Now, the exertions we see, the energy, the, the pace of sports now is probably twice or more compared to the past. Mm. All right. So, it's, it's become more fluid. All right. There's a lot of movement, mm -hmm. okay? I mean, probably those times, you probably just have to be at one position, balloon the ball, everybody runs, and but now you need yeah. to do a lot. So, there's a lot of demand yeah. placed on each player. Right. All right. I, I, I tend to use player because I'm football buyer. Yeah, yeah, All yeah, right? Yeah. There's a lot of demand on them, and yeah. we tell our players, you know, so what you need to do from even their training sessions right. to break even into the first team as yes. well. Gotcha. So if you just want to be part of the 30 players for Liverpool, you yeah. stay 30. Mm -hmm. But if you want to be the one playing week in, week out, there's more demand. then there's more demand. And right. all that demand will be on that hat as well. Okay. So there's a lot of work. So we are training, we are, we are, we are, we are screening more, we are picking them up, yeah. and there's a lot of pressure or there's a lot of demand on the, 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 the players. Yeah. And of course, um, what we have done in recent times is the genetic predisposition. So if you see most of these cases, yeah. uh, it's it's common among the black players. Mm -hmm. All right. So if you go to even the NBA basketball, yeah. it's, it's common among the black players compared to the Caucasians. All right. So some studies we have done confirm some genetic predisposition mm. to these all right so the level of adaptation yeah. cardiovascular adaptation in the black african player mm -hmm. is different from that of the caucasian yeah all right so in screening them that you need to use very different screening tools all right and our kind of adaptation will put us at that kind of risk yeah of yeah. suffering a cardiac arrest and those are the, the it it it's it a whole it's, it's so interesting because other people would have seen it now when you said that there's more screening other people would have seen it as in surely because of the amount of sports science and the upgrade in medical studies that exactly. there would be less mm. but actually what you're saying is you're actually doing more screening because there's more demand physically and mentally on the players. Exactly. Uh, doctor, one of the things that really came to fruition recently, and it was something that almost shook the whole world, was Christian Eriksen's famous heart attack at the Euros. Right. Can you explain to us briefly what happened? Like, how did this happen at, at the Euros for Christian Eriksen? Right. So one thing I, I shy away mm -hmm. from doing professionally would not want to zone down to an individual yes, yes. and 
probably discuss the individual into detail gotcha. because you probably will not have the permission of the individual. So we would discuss similar generally. cases yes. generally. Yes. All right. So um, so many things will cause a player to suddenly collapse right. on the pitch of play. So if you are a medic sitting by the pitch and your player goes down, yes. all right, mostly the first thing you'll be thinking about will be cardiac. Yes. All right. But it's actually not the commonest thing that will get them to go down. Right. It probably could be even just hypoglycemia. Right. I mean, right. out of anxiety, the player probably didn't even eat well and yes. just drops. Yeah. Or probably sometimes concussion. Yeah. All right. Brain. So if there was contact. Now, if there's non-contact collapse, yes. then you're thinking of what happened to yeah. Ericsson. So the question is, okay, a player at that level, yeah. why wasn't it picked before this event for yes. it to happen at the Euros. Yeah, because you said they you pick on even the smallest detail. Exactly. Right. All right. So what's happening is that science has evolved. Medicine mm. has gone far. Mm. All right. But there are times also plays on record mm. that some of these events would only be triggered during the time of play. Right. All right. So you will do all your medicals. Mm -hmm. You do your cardiovascular screening. Yeah. There will be nothing there. But whilst play momentarily, something can just happen. Mm -hmm. All right. So the triggers of a sudden cardiac arrest will be either electrical or, or vascular or blood related mm -hmm. or, or conduction related. Yes. All right. So if anything happens and the atrial node where it's like a switch. Mm -hmm. All right. You have to just put on for electricity. Let me yeah. use that to yeah. run through for the heart to start its activity, begin to pump blood and yes. everything. Now, if anything happens to that switch, all right, and it doesn't switch on well or doesn't, it stops to even switch yeah. completely, then you have a very disorganized contraction of the heart. Right. All right. So ideally, the base will have to contract, the top opens, blood goes out, comes through, and then the base opens, the top contract, that sort of thing. So yeah. it's kind of synchronized. Yeah. But when there's a distortion and anything uh, during play could make it happen, it could be dehydration, it yeah. could be direct trauma, it could be anything, all right? Then you would have the top contracting, then you have the, the base of the heart contracting and nothing moves. So the blood doesn't move anywhere, it's just standing in there. This player will go down, right. all right? And those are the typical things that will happen. You know, so once a person goes down, you go there, you're able to do your resuscitations mm -hmm. using your AEDs and everything mm -hmm. to bring back the player. You go back to the emergency, then you conduct all the blood works, mm -hmm. all the uh, evaluations. Then you realize that, okay, so there was this hiding this mm -hmm. way, which was missed or which was never there, but it just started. Mm -hmm. All right. So those are the things. How good... In your in your expertise, how good did the players from Denmark react to the situation? Because they were very, they were very quick to protect him, to call for uh, assistance, call for help. Generally speaking, right? How educated do players have to be to be able to execute something in an ideal situation? to come out successful like the situation happened. Right. So 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 around the time we met yes. in 2015, yeah. one of the things I had done, so three years before that, I had just come from England after mm. training. Mm. All right. And when I came to Ghana, one of the things I did every year, 
I had training for even football players. Nice. All right. When it comes to basic life support. Yes. So the closest persons to the players who collapse will be the players, will be the referees. Yes. All right. Yeah. So every player needed to have at least a basic life support skill. Mm. Every referee should have it. Every math commissioner should have it. Yeah. Every coach should yeah. have it. Yeah. Because these are the people close to it. I have had opportunities where a player went down I ran to the pitch, all right, and some people even stops you. So even before you, wow, the doctor, okay. gets there, yeah. there could be some hindrance because nobody knows why you are going on the pitch. Yes. All right. You could be a doctor in the stands. Yes. All right. But the people, and you need the initial four minutes, which yeah. is quite critical. Yeah. All right. Or the first one minute, which yeah. was what these players got right. Okay. So it's important for every player to have that knowledge. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Right. That's the second segment done here on the Halftime Show. Man, I'm enjoying this. It's, it's almost like we're just having a great conversation, <laughs> which is full of education. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere, folks. See you in a bit. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Yes, we are live on the Halftime Show on Pulse 95 Radio. Different background, different scenario, different setting, same good vibes, same energy. And we're here with Dr. Prince Pambo. Shout out to everyone who's tuning in on the Instagram live. Manuel, North, Masoud, Fatima, Hatim, Sama, uh, Seppi. Who else do we have here? Monica, of course. Harriet, Terry, Rids, and Shada. Shout out to everyone who's tuned in. And we were just talking to the doctor, uh, Prince Pambo, who, uh, who was at the World Cup 2015 with myself uh, and Ghana. And I was asking about heart conditions and now we're getting a lot of heart attacks. But doctor, let me flip this round and ask right. you another question. Mm. Have you ever had to deal with anyone who suffered a heart attack uh, on the pitch or off the pitch? Right. So um, with football, yes, I've had to deal with one player mm -hmm. uh, who had a sudden cardiac arrest mm -hmm. uh, on the field of play. Uh, back, of course, in, in, in Accra. All right. So uh, I think this was around 2012, probably just a year mm -hmm. uh, before we, we met. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so it was a 3 p.m. Uh, game, all right, uh, between two giants. Mm -hmm. And um, player went. In fact, I wasn't actually um, a medic for any of the um, clubs. You so, were a spectator? No, not a spectator. I was there as a medical director okay. for Stadium Medical Services. Okay. All right. Um, probably not on duty. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I just saw it. Mm -hmm. You know, once I saw there was a non-contact collapse, then I knew what it was, you know. So I raised on the pitch with my shoes, everything on, not mm -hmm. training. All right. Uh, thankfully, we were able to bring him back uh, after a few uh, chest compressions and mm -hmm. then a, a defibrillator. The one I found very difficult was actually uh, for a fan, a spectator. Okay, All right. So, okay. I mean, right up there in the stands. Yeah. Okay. So, so normally if you are sitting on the bench or you are a venue medical officer, you probably need to have your eyes all over the place. Yes. All right. So... We just saw that at one corner, I mean, all the fans started screaming. Okay. All right. And there was this uh, middle-aged man down there. Uh -huh. So you, you, you can see how the seats are congested. So space to even be able to put the person down well yes. to be able to do compressions was quite difficult. I mean, the paramedics or emergency medical technicians did well. Yes. So we kind of went up there. Okay. And at that moment, I mean, the team doctors would have to also go. Mm. All right. But those days, the game was not stopped. But now the game will be stopped. Yes. All right. I mean, the medics had to move. So went in there, got this person, 
we find space, do CPRs, yeah. move the person probably a few steps, put him down, do that. We're able to get him onto the ambulance, gave a few shocks, drove him to the nearest place. I mean, both cases, they, 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 they both survived. I mean, that, yes. that, thank God for that. Yeah. It has to be very sudden. You have to have a sharp eye for it. Yes. And you also have to be calm under pressure. Exactly. How do you practice that? Because it's different to the training. The training, it's it's normally a dummy or even you might do it with right, someone else. Right. But how do you practice that? So, so if, if you are a medic, mm. all right, you 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 kind of used to seeing such situations mm. in the normal hospital practice. I mean, you are used to people being brought probably in a pool of blood. You are yeah. used to people brought in, not breathing and all of that. So emergency situations or in court dying situations should not get you to panic. Mm. And in any case, when I sit by the bench, I mean on a bench for any, I'm not there for just muscle injuries. Yeah. All right, yeah. my physios and my physio assistants will probably be handling that. Mm. As a medic, you're probably there for things that will kill. Yeah. All right. So yeah. if I see a non-contact collapse, that's it. I mean, that person must leave, okay? And you go in prepared and you have to... I mean, it's, it's not a good feeling because mm. you know also that the chances are the person wouldn't make it. Yeah. Because there have been people, you do all the resuscitations and you lose them. I mean, this could be 22-year-old, 24-year-old, mm. mm. you know, bright future. So you wouldn't want to. And the difficult part is that you would have several thousands of people, the yeah. whole stadium... Is looking at you. Yes. <clears throat> sorry, one person to to perform that magic. Yes. On a pitch of play. Yeah. The people watching that game on TV. All right. So you kind of, I mean, carrying the world on yes. you, and you need to you need to prove that you you worth what I mean your paycheck is. Wow. Speaking about the world, I mean, yeah. um, the World Cup is around the corner, mm. 2022, right. in Qatar. And uh, how how does someone prepare for a World Cup? Right, so uh, it starts from qualifiers. Okay. All right, so Ghana just qualified for World Cup. Yep. All right, um, I'm not sure we're very confident. Mm -hmm. All right, but we did um, in a good way. First of all, you need to ask yourself as a player. Mm -hmm. All right, if you were part of the team that qualified, what shape were you in? Mm -hmm. All right, so you need to maintain that shape or get better. So if you were weighing 62 kg yeah, yeah. and played so well, all right, and you made it to the starting 11, mm. they need to make sure that you probably don't lose too much of that 62 kg mm. or you don't put on much. Just keep doing the right things. Yeah. From the medical point, how we do it, now our coaches are all over the place. Mm. They are beginning to scout where every single Ghanaian player is in mm. playing. Mm. They are monitoring. All right, who is excelling, who is doing well for the various positions. All right, then they will come to you, the medics, and say, look, we have a Ghanaian playing in Arsenal. We have a Ghanaian playing in this particular club in, 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 in Granada. Mm. Uh, make contact with the team medics. Mm -hmm. Now, with the permission of the player, you have to make contact with the team medics. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is a potential player for our World Cup campaign. Mm -hmm. All right. Are you happy to give us any medical records on this player? So his preseason medical screening results and everything, they will let you have it. Mm. His injury um, history and all that, they will let you have it. But you need a permission of the player though. Mm. All right, you have all this in place. Then you begin to talk to your coach. Okay, so this player is in shape up to this stage. 
I mean, you keep to monitor all that. Mm. Now, several weeks, all right, to you departing for your World Cup. I mean, most countries like Ghana mm -hmm. would go for a training tour. So, first of all, you need to be in a country with similar climate uh, issues mm -hmm. uh, with uh, wherever you're going to play just to acclimatize. So, yeah. you're not going to play in a country where temperatures are 25 mm -hmm. and you are camping somewhere at 40. Yeah. All right. So, you need to get all that correct. Closer all to, right. Yeah. Then, of course, they come together as a team. You do all the pre-competition medical assessments and everything. Mm -hmm. And then you declare them fit or not to be able to compete, okay. basically. Fantastic. I'm going to ask you a lot more about that. We're going to take a quick break. I've got so much more to ask you, Dr. Prince. We'll take a break. We'll be right back after this. See you in a bit, folks. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse95. And we are live on Pulse95 Radio on the Half Charger. Shout out to everyone who is tuned in. Thank you very much for connecting with us today. What a show it's been already, man. I've had so much fun with my friend here, Dr. Prince Pambo, the medical expert who's been responsible for so many different things uh, on uh, the World Cup, on the African Nations Cup. There's two sounds uh, on there. And it's been uh, it's been amazing to have him on the show. I, I, I'm almost gutted it's full-time on the halftime show. Um, Dr. Prince, there's a question that's come in here um, saying, which teams will thrive in the Qatar conditions at the World Cup, do you think? Even though it's winter, it's still hotter than most of the European summers. It's a good question. So the question is? Which teams will thrive on the conditions right. at the World Cup 2022 um, because it's hotter mm. than most European right. summers? So you you can't be able to mention any team for now mm -hmm. because the various technical benches mm -hmm. of the teams coming to play, the coaches, the doctors, yeah. the um, psychologists and everybody is on the ground, mm. all right? trying to get the best for their teams. Right. So they, every country is going to come to Qatar fully prepared, fully acclimatized, all right? So the weather conditions uh -huh. would not put any team at a disadvantage. Okay. If it does happen, then the technical bench uh -huh. of the country has let their country down. Okay. You need to make sure that before you go into Qatar, mm your players would be like players who have been playing leagues in Qatar. Mm. That's the work of the technical bench. Okay. And we as a country, Ghana, we're doing it. Yeah. And England will do it. Every other country will do it. Yeah. Those who are coming. Yeah. Are you going to be there at the World Cup? Most likely. Yeah. I look forward to seeing you down there. It's going to be great. Um, Dr. Fraser, I also want to ask you, you mentioned earlier about medicals. And there's a difference between, obviously, international medical and club medicals. Right. Uh, what do you watch out for when you do a medical normally? Right, thank you. So basically, you you would want to conclude that medically this player is fit to uh, play. Mm -hmm. Now, um, when we say fit to play, it it doesn't mean performance mm -hmm. necessarily. It doesn't mean skill or talent when it comes to the medical side of things. Mm -hmm. All we would be telling you is that the player will be able to run, the player will be able to kick, the player will be able to hurt. The player will not have a disease that would be harmful to himself or yeah. herself or other people. Basically, these are the things you would, we are looking out for in any medical. Yeah. So first, you start with your physical examinations. In fact, you do your history. Yeah. All right. So you engage the players, talk to them, 
about their own health, past medical conditions, family history, whether there are issues in their family, sudden deaths and all that, because some of them are hereditary. Yes. You want to ask all the questions yeah. before you subject them to physical examinations, right. after which you probably take blood or other body samples yeah. and do your viral test. Yeah. I mean, and it's a whole panel. Yeah. Then after that, you probably pop them on treadmills or any cardio machines to probably find out uh, cardiovascular fitness. Yes. And then as a doctor, you said, with your physical trainers, sit with your coaches, sit with players, and be able to have a discussion if there's an issue that needs to be fixed. Amazing. And I always tell players that the essence of the medicals is to help the player first. Yeah. So if we pick anything, we want to talk to you. Yeah. One question people ask, difference between clubside medicals, national team medicals, mm -hmm. all right? Clubside medicals, club owners would normally say, in addition to the basics, we want to do X, Y, Z. Yes. Whether it's ethical or not, once you are the owner, you can decide mm -hmm. what you want to do. But you need a permission of each player to be able to subject them to certain kind of test mm -hmm. if they want to know. Yeah. All right. Versus the national side, you would have to operate at the level of what is permitted. Gotcha. All right. So you don't do things that will lead to stigma. Okay, so those are the things you would Amazing. want to do when it comes to medicals. Amazing. We've reached full time. Doctor, thank you so much thank for you your so time. Thank you so much for having me. You've been a great guest, man. <laughs> Selfishly, <laughs> I had more fun with you as a friend, <laughs> even as a guest. So thank you very much for, thank you for so coming much. on. What a thank great you. pleasure to have you on the show. That's full time on the halftime show. Thank you very much. Shout out to Abdul Aziz as well, who uh, said, bro, I have a pic of me you and Big Hass at the amphitheater when the car event happened. Shout out to Abdul Aziz and everyone else who's tuned in. Thank you so much. We're full-time on the Halftime Show with Dr. Prince Pambo and myself. Dr. Prince, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Guys, take it easy and I'll see you soon every every Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, 3 to 4 UAE time on the only place to be at 3, the Halftime Show on Pulse95. If you liked this episode of the Halftime Show, drop a like and subscribe. 95. Be sure to follow us on Instagram for all our daily updates and top stories. Bye -bye.